Hey, thank you so much for checking out today's video. I'm Pastor Matt, this is Pastor Adrienne, and we pray this message blesses you and encourages you all throughout your week. Absolutely. For any more information on how to be praying with us or to become a part of our community or to give, please head on over to takeovergr.com. Awesome, awesome. You guys can get seated. Can you hear me? We made it. Whoo! Awesome. Aren't you guys so happy? It's like 75 and not 97. I looked on like Sunday and I was like, it's going to be 97 degrees on Wednesday. It's going to be 300 degrees on stage. Um, so I'm not going to sweat through my shirt tonight. Um, so I know I asked, but who's excited to be here? Awesome. Awesome. You guys are off to a better start than when I was when I first started coming to TakeOver. Um, we will get to that later. Um, so I have multiple titles for uh, for today. I'm going to move this if that's okay. Okay. Um, main title is Freedom. Um, Matt made an awesome slide. And then you see there it says Flight. We're going to treat this, this sermon, this message like a flight. We're going to depart from here. We're going to fly. We're going to land here. We're going to have a quick layover. We're going to go somewhere else, hop on another flight, have another layover, and we're going to get to that final destination. That final destination is freedom. Um, so we're going to be departing from gate J10 titled, Just Show Up. Um, I think there's another awesome slide. Sorry, Nike. Um, this is better than just do it. Just show up. Um, so I'm going to do it a bit different. I'm going to share my testimony. I brought Kleenex up here. I'll need it. Um, so I'm going to start with this verse before we get all sloppy. Um, it's Hebrews 10, uh, 24 to 25. Sydney, your scripture reading. Like when you said Hebrews and Exodus and Egypt, I was like, are you kidding me? Like, we did not talk about this. Um, that's the Lord right there. Um, but Hebrews 10, 24 to 25 and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Um, so like I said, I'm going to give my testimony. Um, but first I'd like to explain one quick thing. Um, I don't know if you guys, have you ever heard of white flight um, or white exodus? Um, it's back in the 50s and 60s. Um, minorities, African Americans were moving into the inner city, um, all cities, uh, Grand Rapids one of them, um, and white flight is when all the white people got up and went to the suburbs. Um, they're like, we're not going to live by these people, we're getting out. Um, it'll make sense in a minute why I'm explaining white flight or white exodus. Um, so we're going all the way back to the 90s now to start this testimony. Um, 1997, um, my parents were part of return flight. Um, it's when white people started moving back into the inner city. Matt and Adrienne are, are also part of this. They're in moving into the inner city. Um, that's, we left and now we're coming back. So my parents were one of the first people to do it in 1997. I was, we were like one of two white families, right? I did not fit in. <laughs> Little <laughs> three-year-old Charlie white kid <laughs> in an all-black neighborhood. Um, it was very rough on me. Um, felt like I had no friends, just didn't fit in. Um, 
but I had my brothers and my sister and my family. Um, awesome family. I wouldn't trade it, trade them for the world. Um, but then in 1999, my oldest brother graduated high school, moved out, went to college. Didn't leave town, went to Kelvin College. But he was doing what all college kids do, um, having fun. I'm not going to put him on blast too much, but he just wasn't really around. He was being a college kid. Um, and then two years after that, my other brother graduated high school. It was September 10, 2001. If you guys don't know what that is, that's the day before 9-11 attacks. He went to boot camp, uh, left, hardly saw him, still very rarely see him. He's still doing it. So I lost two of my brothers, it felt like, in one year, or in two years. Still didn't really fit in, didn't have an older brother role model to, like, look up to or somebody to be there to like protect their little brother um, so once again I was just a little boy alone who didn't fit in uh, eventually it got better it was I was hanging out with friends and it, it did get better but then in, in 2002 I woke up me and my mom have different timelines on this I'm gonna go with what I think I have the microphone um, I, I I'm sure I'm right um, but I woke up to go to school. I finally was making friends the year before. I think it was end of second grade, going into third. And I was like, sweet. I get to go to school today, get to see all my friends. Who It was a struggle fitting in and becoming friends with them. And I was so excited, woke up, ready to go. My mom was like, you actually got accepted, and you can go to this other school. A spot opened up for you. Um, I did not get it. I did not want to go. I had no friends. Um, but there was a spot for me. So I went, um, and it sucked. <laughs> uh, I did not want to go. I, I didn't want to wear a uniform. It, it didn't make sense to me, but it got better. I made friends there, um, and I, I did start to fit in. But I wasn't your normal little like white kid, right? All my friends were African-American. I wore baggy clothes. I spoke in Ebonics. I did what they did. I didn't do what your normal suburb like Caucasian kid does. Um, yeah, I just, I was just different, but it's okay, right? Um, so in 2004, my cousin's cousin, I don't know if it's my cousin or my second cousin, I don't know what it is, but I just call him my cousin. Uh, he died in a car crash. We were the same age. We weren't necessarily like close, but it was my first like introduction to death. Um, I got very depressed. I didn't get it. He was 12, 13, too young to die. Um, but he, he did, he went to heaven and it just wrecked me. Um, it wrecked me so much to where I didn't get it. It's like, I hardly know this kid, why am I so sad and depressed over this? It doesn't make sense. Um, and then, so my parents had a basketball court in our backyard and it was to all the neighborhood kids could come and play. Um, you could play basketball. All you had to do was ask. All we had to do was be home. You could play. Uh, so I became friends with so many people just through the sport of basketball. Uh, one of my good friends, his name was Bobby. Um, he wasn't in, <laughs> all my friends weren't the best kids, right? Um, he got shot and killed in 2010. I lost all faith right then. I was like, why, God, would you do this? Why do I live here? Why did my parents bring me here? Why did you do this to me? Um, so I, I started like smoking weed 
all the time, didn't want any emotions. Um, I didn't want to feel a thing. Uh, I was just going down a bad path, a horrible path. It was, it was no good. Uh, and then in 2012 or 13, I took, I was dating a girl, she was horrible. Um, <laughs> but basically it got to the point where she was like, kill yourself. And so I took a handful of pills right in front of her, ate, ate them, took 50, 60 ibuprofen. Uh, my dad took me to the hospital. They did all this blood work. We're like, why'd you do this? Blah, blah, blah. Um, told them all everything. And then the blood work came back and they were like, there's nothing in your system. You didn't take these pills. And I'm looking at this guy like, I took these pills. Like, I tried to do this. Uh, there's none in my system. Like, that's a miracle right there. I took a handful of ibuprofen and they couldn't find a trace of any of it. Then later that year, I tried again uh, with a different medication, tried to overdose, couldn't swallow the pills. Ended up going to counseling. I've already been multiple times, multiple different places. But I went again. Uh, it didn't help. It, I didn't want to be helped, so it didn't help. Uh, but I knew I wasn't going to do that anymore. Um, but I did start to smoke more and more and more and just became like a womanizer, didn't go to church, didn't even want a girlfriend. I just wanted to go out and party. And then I met Nikki and I was like, God, I don't want a girlfriend. And he was like, well, here's a wife, uh, <laughs> which is another miracle. So I don't think you can be a pastor without saying like my beautiful wife or my wife is awesome, but Nikki is awesome. Uh, <laughs> she found Takeover Church. She was working next door. We used to have night services um, down by where I grew up. And she was going every Sunday, every Wednesday, everything that she could go to, she was at. And she wanted me to be at it. And so there's that saying, happy wife, happy life. So I went. Before I went, I told myself, I am not going to like this. I don't want to go. I'm not going to like this. I'm going to show up to show these people, Nikki's husband will mess you up. <laughs> um, but... So I went almost every Sunday, almost every Wednesday. I would skip to watch some races or watch the Lions lose, I'll admit. They lost every time, and my race never made me happy. Um, but I just came. I showed up. I kept hearing from, the, from all the guys at, like, boys' crew, like, I love you, man. I was like, ugh, ugh, see ya. Um, <laughs> last one there, first one to leave. Even when I hosted, I was like, see you guys. Um, <laughs> but I began to feel like I fit in. Um, I had a community around me that really loved me, supported me, um, and yeah, they just encouraged me to just do better and do better. Yeah, I, it was just awesome how it happened. Um, so now you, you've seen like the beginning of my transformation, where I've come from, um, where I am now, and you see what I was saved from and what I'm saved for. Um, so I'm in Hebrews 10:24. I was meeting out of habit, right? I was, I was just going, I was just showing up, but it led to encouragement to me. Um, there's three guys here that I want to shout out. Uh, it's Matt, Scott, and Zach. There's plenty more, but those three were instrumental in my life. 
changing me to be a better man. Um, so I just want to honor you three tonight. I would not be the man I am without you guys. <laughs> I love you guys. Um, okay, so we landed this flight, guys. We made it. I don't know about you. I always hold on tight when we land. I don't like it. I love going places. I don't love flying. Um, but we made it. Now we're at our layover. Our layover also has a title. Um, this title is Intercession. Uh, the, the definition of intercession is an act of intervening or mediating between different parties, particularly the act of praying to God on behalf of one another. Um, so most of you know my awesome wife, Nikki. Um, <laughs> she prayed and prayed and prayed and got all you girls to pray and pray, all you guys to pray and pray. You guys all interceded for me um, to to be here tonight. And I just want to encourage you, if you want someone to come to church, pray. If you want them to change, pray. It works. Uh, it's not just something in the Bible that's just written down for nothing. Prayer works. Um, <laughs> it's, I used to not like, like, why are we praying? But it works. Um, if you want, yeah, if, if you want someone to change, start right now praying for that person. It will work. Um, all right, so we're at our layover. On our first flight, we got our pretzels, our frescas, all the free free snacks. They don't do peanuts anymore. Big peanut allergy going around. It's the worst. Let's pray for that. Um, also, I don't ever drink frescas, unless, except for at Scott's house I do now. But if I'm on a plane, I get a fresca. It's like, yep. I'm traveling. So now we can start to think, what are we going to do when we get to our final destination? I know in my, in my mind, we're going to, I'm going to Southern California to golf, right? Um, it's not Nikki's fantasy. It's mine. I'm up here with the microphone. I'm going to golf. Um, but the first thing I do when I get there, I do it every time, I get in the hot tub. Um, so now we can, we're going to take off on our second flight and just think in our head, like, what am I going to do when I land? Um, oh, I have a verse <laughs> for this. Pat, for, this. Uh, for the unbelieving husband is made holy because of his wife. And the unbelieving wife is made holy because of her husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean. As it is, they are holy. That's uh, 1 Corinthians 7.14. Um, and let me tell you, my kids are clean. It is because of Nikki. Um, just interceding and yeah um, the, I jumped ahead I gotta quick do one thing there's a saying no junior Holy Spirit uh, so there's one night I was being dumb not going to boys crew or whatever was that night but Nikki went she took Artie and uh, it was a girls crew and they were praying and they asked Artie what do you want to pray for and he said I want to pray for my dad <laughs> like okay what do you want to pray about your dad? What do you want to pray for? And he's like, diamonds. I think he was three or four. And most people, are, me and most people, are like, oh, sweet. Artie wants his dad to get rich. Artie wants his dad to have diamonds. Not Nikki. She did not think that. She's like, what does this mean? Looks it up. Diamonds mean to be pure. Artie wanted me, wanted his dad to be pure. Uh, that was like the final push right there. It was like, you got to stop doing all this crap, man. You got to be there for your kid. 
Um, and so even if you're three or two, you can intercede for somebody. Um, all right, now for our second flight after a quick layover with overpriced airport food, standing by a wall with your phone and a charger. Why do we do that? Our phone will be at 75% and we still need to stand in an awkward spot by a stinky bathroom charging our phone. Um, we made it from Grand Rapids to Chicago. Now we can get, get excited about this final destination we're going to. Uh, let's get into the scripture for this flight. It is Joshua 24, 15 through 18. Um, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered, Far be it from us to forsake the Lord to serve other gods. It was the Lord our God himself who brought us and our parents out of Egypt from the land of slavery and performed those great signs before our eyes. He protected us our entire journey. And among all the nations through which we traveled, and the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites who lived in the land. We too will serve the Lord because he is our God. So this, this second flight here is titled Transformers. That, that kid is awesome right there. If you don't know Artie, that picture shows right there. He loves Transformers. Um, he might be playing a Transformer game right now. <laughs> um, but let's just break this scripture down a little bit. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the God of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites whose land you are living in. One thing, I know it's a different version up there, but one thing that really stuck out to me was undesirable. Um, the definition of undesirable is not wanted, not desirable. Um, because harmful, the word I can't say, or unpleasant. Um, guys, Josh was going in right here. Um, do you want to serve the gods, lowercase g, of a bunch of losers? Um, whose land you're living in? Hold on. Losers. I know it's not right to call people losers. Sorry, kids. Sorry, parents. Don't go calling people losers. But these people were losers. Um, <laughs> he asked the Israelites, do you want to serve the gods of people? This, this land you're living in, these people lost. Um, they, yeah, they're just some losers. And then the Israelites, of course, or Joshua said, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. I don't know about you guys, we are serving the Lord. That is such a powerful sentence. That sentence will lead to generations of blessings. Um, I've said it before, but Jesus told stories. So I'm going to tell a story. Um, I would not be the man I am today if it wasn't for Artie. Um, and that's just not something I just say. That is the truth. Uh, let's hop back to when we first found out we were going to have a baby, which we were, it was just an awesome blessing. Um, Nikki's like, hey, I'm pregnant. I'm pretty sure I just, time stood still, and I was just like, okay, what do we do? Um, <laughs> I didn't know what to do. Um, but then let's jump to the night he was born. Artie was crying and crying. Nikki's sleeping. I don't want to bug the nurses. I'm just standing over him. 
His diaper was clean. He had everything he needed. He was just crying. I didn't know what to do for him. Um, but I did know right then in that moment, it was like, you have to be here every night for this kid. Um, he might be crying for nothing right now, but there will be a day where he's going to be crying for his dad, and he's going to need you there to, just to be there for him. So that night, I was like, okay, I probably should stop hanging out with these like drug houses. I should probably stop hanging out with this group of friends. I don't want to put all my business out there, but there was a lot of crap I had to stop doing, so I didn't go to jail. Uh, I knew I had to be home, and it was because Artie was born. Um, I like to think of that as the beginning of my transformation, uh, or just the, just the start, not a full transformation, but all you need is a little push. Um, just like the people of Egypt who were freed from slavery, I felt like I was freed from doing the things I loved. Um, so I want to go a little in the depth of the freedom that the Israelites received. So the Israelites are descendants of Jacob. Uh, there's Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Jacob's name was changed to Israel. Um, all of the Israelites are his descendants. They lived in Egypt um, with the Egyptians. They co-lived together, but they were good at making babies. And so they were having, they were out starting to outnumber the Egyptians. Um, Egypt got a new pharaoh or a new king, and it was like, hold on, we need to stop this. We need to stop these Israelites before they become our enemies. So he put them into slavery. Uh, and that didn't stop them from having babies. So he's like, we're going to kill every every male child that's born. I have two boys. Come to my house and try and get them. It's not happening. <laughs> sorry. Um, sorry, where was I? Okay. So, yeah, Pharaoh decided to enslave the Israelites. Didn't stop them. Tried to kill all the babies. They were still God's chosen people. Um, finally, we, we all know the story. God sent the plagues. They became free. They walked through the, the Red Sea. God parted it, washed the Egyptians away. Um, God parted the sea for these people. I mean, what can he do for you? Um, so the Israelites then remembered, far be it from us to forsake, to forsake the Lord to serve other gods. It was the Lord our God himself who brought us and our parents out of Egypt from that land of slavery and performed those great signs before our eyes. He protected us on our entire journey and among all the nations through which we traveled. And the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites who's, who lived in the land. We too will serve the Lord because he is our God. So I talked a little earlier about how the Amorites were losers. They lost their land without humans fighting them. God took this land from them. It'd be like you going to your friend's house saying, hey, I have to live here now. Um, somebody stole my house or my apartment or wherever I live. Your friend would be like, are you crazy? You didn't fight them off? You didn't fight for your house? You would have to say, there was nobody to fight. I didn't. They just took it. It's gone. It's not mine anymore. Um, Try to say that to your friend. They're going to think you're nuts. Like, you are a loser, dude. Um, now, you might be wondering, why am I talking about the Israelites being freed? That's so long ago in the Bible, Charlie. What are you doing? 
This, this still relates to today. Maybe you don't realize it, but we all have something we need to be freed from. Um, God wants to help us get free. Not only does he want to help us get free, he prepared a place for you to go once you are free. Just like me, he freed me from addiction. But not only did he free me, he had a place for me to go and to take over church. Um, here, with all of you people, with a strong, strong, strong community around me to, to protect me from going back, right? Um, he can do anything. He's separated water. It's nuts. <laughs> they walked across Lake Michigan, basically, on dry ground. Makes no sense. Um, so, the Israelites lived with the Egyptians. They weren't enemies. <laughs> there was just more of them. And then one day, Egypt, the Pharaoh was like, we need to enslave these people. So let's look into our lives. Is there something that's not necessarily bad for us or not necessarily an enemy, but we're a slave to it? We need to be freed from it. Um, are you a slave to work? Yeah, you need money. You have to pay for food and house. And yes, I get it. You have to work. But are you overworking for that little bit extra that won't replace the time you have with your parents, your wife, your husband, boyfriend, girlfriend, kids, anybody. Are you replacing that fun time that you can have with them with work? Work is a good thing. I love to work. <laughs> I did it today when I showed up. I showed up here, that front door wasn't working. I came to prepare for this message, ended up fixing the door. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, are you a slave to hanging out with friends late at night? Uh, not getting good rest for the next day. Yeah, you should be in community. Are you staying up just that little bit too late so where you're groggy and cranky the next morning? Because I know if I'm up past 10, you don't want to see me in the morning. Um, I need my 18 hours of sleep. <laughs> um, are you a slave to alcohol or drugs or sexual sin? Or maybe you say, well, Jesus turned water into wine so I can drink. But he also said, be sober-minded and your body's a temple. Are you treating your body like a temple by drinking all the time? You're destroying your liver, your other organs, uh, way faster than God intended it. Um, are you watching porn, porn or having uh, struggles with sexual sin, not seeing the person of the opposite sex from you as God sees them? Um, God created man and woman to be together, you say. Yeah, under the covenant of marriage. Um, are you a slave to comparison or jealousy or envy? Um, I was this year. Um, it was a good thing that I wanted, but it led to other things. In my head, I've, I think I've shared it at Boys Crew, but it's like, man, I want words from God like Scott and Zach get words from God. What the heck? Why can these guys get words for people just instantly and they're correct words? They're words from God. Why can't I get that? Um, it was something good that I wanted, right? That led to me comparing to other things. Uh, my older brother is way older, 12 years older than me. He makes more money than I do. I want to be like him. I want to go buy what I want when I want it. I want to put a pickleball court in my backyard. I was comparing myself to him. Um, I needed to get freed from that. Uh, that's a real thing that just happened that I... I fasted, and God took that away. I was like, okay, 
what the heck. Like, I don't even like, want that anymore. I, of course I want a pickleball court, but <laughs> my brother is so much farther down the road. Why am I comparing myself to another man? Um, are you a slave to being right? Everybody loves being right. Nobody wants to be wrong. But are you so right that even when you're wrong, your community around you won't come to you and say, hey, that wasn't right? Because they know it would lead to an argument with you because you're like, no, I was right. And that friendship is going to fade because you're right. You can't be wrong. <laughs> you, can't, you are allowed to be wrong. I'm not going to say exactly what I said. I have to scroll and find it. Um, <laughs> but it's okay to be wrong. Uh, it'll lead to good conversations with good friends who want you to do better. Uh, all right, enough slave talk, guys. Um, but I do want you to think about what are you a slave to? It doesn't need to be an enemy of you. It doesn't need to be bad. It can turn bad real quick, just like the Israelites. They were slaves by somebody who were they, they were living with them, the same country. Boom, slaves, one day. Next day, oh, we're killing all your kids. Um, it turned real bad real quick. All right, our second flight just landed. But we don't have a layover now. We get to stay in the plane. We get to have awkward small talk with the flight attendants as they're picking trash up. Um, and we get to think again, oh, man, we're so close to where we're going. I can't wait for this hot tub, guys. And let me tell you, this is a fantasy. This is not a Motel 8 hot tub. This or Super 8 or Motel 6, whatever one keeps the light on for you, we're not going there. <laughs> we're going to, like, the Marriott or the... The, the the hotel in Dubai, it's the Burj Al Arab. Their staff outnumber the guests two or three to one. You know that hot tub is clean. It's probably in your room. It's it's probably with made with LaCroix or something, right? <laughs> Alright, so it's a fantasy. You can fantasize whatever you want to do when you get there. Um, Worship team, you can start making your way way up here and make me sound super spiritual for this last part. Uh, and anyone in leadership, you can start making your way towards the front here in a minute. Um, for our last little bit of little bit flight, short flight, maybe from Northern California to Southern California, um, it's called Struggle Bus. Uh, I should have got us off that flight onto a bus. Too late now. We're going on a flight called Struggle Bus. Um, so earlier in Hebrews, I mentioned encouraging one another. So this is my last little bit of encouragement for you. Um, I'm going to invite you all up to get prayed over, pray for freedom from whatever you need freedom from. Um, once you're freed, you will still have temptation. You will miss the friends from your past. You will want to, to do those things you did. It's going to come in. You're, you're, it's there. You're going to want to do this. But you're freed. Um, you might not get that raise at work right away. You might not find a spouse instantly. Um, I know you guys are like, Charlie, you said you were going to encourage us. You're telling us we're not going to get these things. Um, but it's okay. Because tonight, I was struggling <laughs> before I came up here. Like this last four months. Little words. I had family members doubted that I was the pastor. Like, why are you doing this? You didn't go to the school for this or this or that. Um, I didn't let it go anywhere. I had, like, I was like, man, I don't know the whole Bible. Why am I doing this? 
I don't know this thing word for word. Um, but that was not truth. John 10.10, 10, it says, The thief comes to kill, or steal, kill, and destroy. I came that, that I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The devil cannot tell the truth. All those things that were getting said to me and thoughts that came into my head were not truth. They did not come from God. God tells the truth. Um, so in kids this last Sunday, I taught on two words, uh, omnipotent and omnipresence. I don't know what one is. Omnipotent is first. We're going to learn about that one. Um, omnipotent means God all-powerful. There's nothing in the world that's too hard for him. So with God on your side, there's nothing that you can't overcome to defeat your deepest struggle. Uh, in Matthew 19, 26, it says, Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Um, all things are possible. Not some things, not most things. All things are possible. Where with man, it would be impossible. Uh, I like to think of omnipotent or omnipotent as potion right that's how I taught the kids like it's like a fairy tale they make a strong potion God is that strong potion he's omnip omni potion omnipotent he is the strongest potion there is not a potion but he is the strongest uh, and then there's omnipresence which means God is everywhere he's a spirit not limited by a physical body like we are so not only is God all-powerful he is everywhere um, Proverbs 15 verse 3 the eyes of the Lord are in every place keeping watch on the evil and the good the devil is, this is a quick secret the devil is neither one of those he can't be all places at once he is not all-powerful so when you go to war against, uh, it's, you're probably not going to war against the devil. You're going to war against a demon, one of the people underneath him. You're going out to war with the strength of every army in the world combined together. You will win. Um, you, you will leave victorious. You will be free. Um, you're fighting against one guy with the most powerful guy. So now with that thing in your head that you need to be freed from, I'd like to invite you all up to get prayed over, get prayer. Um, I want to do it a little different. Zach made me do this once, and so I'm making you do it. You're going to pray over yourself. You're going to pray over yourself to a leader up front. Um, that leader is also going to be praying over you. We just learned that God is omnipotent and omnipresent. I say I'm different. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> so he can hear all the prayers at once. You don't need to wait for one person to the other person. He hears every one. So I just would love to invite all of you tonight, come get free. Leave whatever you're a slave to right up here. If you have sexual sin, it can't go out there tonight. If you have addiction, it can't go out those doors. You need to leave it right here. God will fight with you, for you, and, and he will beat that devil. He will kick him in the teeth. <laughs> um, so we're going to worship not where I can't sing. There. 
<laughs> gonna sing a song, I Thank God. And in that song, uh, there's a line. Uh, it says, hell lost another one, I am free. I want us to go crazy when that happens because hell lost another slave. It is truly a celebration when hell loses. We need to celebrate today because we are going to be free. And it's the best thing that will ever happen to you. Um, whether it's a tiny little thing, a little nudge in you, uh, it only takes a nudge. Would, so uh, leadership, if you could come up. Um, find one of these guys or girls. Get that prayer. Get free. Listen to the words in this song. Hell lost another one. I am free. That's not just some word that a, it is some word a guy wrote, but it's truth. We're going to be free tonight. We're going to go home with a weight of the world off our shoulders. We're going to feel the best we've ever felt tonight. Um, I, <laughs> so let's let's get into it, Amy. Take it away. And hell lost another one. You guys are free. Yeah. 